Filmmaking duo Tom Berkeley and Ross White began working as a partnership in 2018 as they co-founded Floodlight Pictures as a vehicle through which to mount their filmmaking projects. Well, HBO acquired their debut short film, Roy, which was shortlisted for the Best British Short Film at the 75th BAFTA Awards, and the film starred BAFTA winner David Bradley and Academy Award winner Rachel Shenton. And their new short film, An Irish Goodbye, marks the duo's second collaboration, and the screenplay for which was the inaugural winner of the First Flight's Short Film Fund. Well, An Irish Goodbye has played at over 60 international film festivals across six continents and has also qualified for BAFTA and IFTA consideration. And now, ladies and gentlemen, An Irish Goodbye has been nominated for an Academy Award in the Best Live Action Short Film category for 2023. So let's welcome the creative director duo of Ross White and Tom Berkeley. So ladies and gentlemen, well, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us on. Well, first of all, I would like to congratulate both of you on your Oscar nomination. What does that feel like? It's still a very surreal feeling, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a crazy 24 hours since we found out, I've got to say that. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a sort of pinch me, dream come true kind of moment for us. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Academy Awards are, are the pinnacle, you know, so this is, this is a, a big moment. Well, you know, when you're creating a film, do you have any idea that uh, the film that you're working on, you know, pouring in blood, sweat and tears into your project, having any idea that it would ever be nominated for an Oscar? Yeah, I, you really don't. I think you just hope that it finds an audience um, in whatever respect that may be. And, and we were blown away, even on the film festival circuit, to see how well it was resonating, you know, away from Ireland and away from the UK. And uh, it just seemed to just keep keep going and we, we you know expecting every every turn that it would sort of come to an end but it, it seems to just have um uh, kind of nine lives it's a bit like a cat this film it's, it just keeps going and going so we're really thrilled well it's a you know the an irish goodbye uh i i had the pleasure of watching the film and absolutely loved it i want to watch it again because there's just something so infectious about the characters. So where did the idea come from to create this actual film? Yeah, I I um I had been at a football game, a soccer game with my dad, um, and I'd seen these two brothers uh, kind of sat a couple of rows ahead of us watching the game. And it was a very boring match. So I found myself sort of compelled watching these two because they they had a very fiery brotherly relationship um, very typical in that sense they were big sort of burly lads at each other's throats kind of hurling abuse at each other but there was this really interesting kind of additional element to their relationship which was that the older brother was the sort of carer for his younger brother who had down syndrome and I found that sort of duality of what was otherwise a, a very sort of fiery um, brother, brotherly relationship mi mixed in with this this added element of care and responsibility and how those two things um, come together but also work in kind of opposition at times and yeah me and Ross spoke about that the next day and um we just found them really interesting characters and so they became sort of the early blueprints for these these brothers and we ended up um yeah the story fleshed out from there really well how long did it take you to write the story 
Do you know, this was actually the first screenplay that Tom and I wrote together. Um, uh, so I think I think we wrote it quite quickly out of pure uh, sort of excitement and ignorance, but maybe that went well for us. I think I think we sort of wrote it in about a fortnight, I want to say, Tom, the first draft at least. And obviously then after that, there's a lot of redrafting and, and fixing things. But yeah, the, the kind of the shape of it was in place in two weeks. Yeah, it seems like the the actual subject matter for the film was based around grief, but I found myself, as I was watching the film, I laughed, I smiled. There was a spirit of love uh, in this film, even though there was a little bit of brotherly friction between the two. So why did you choose the story around grief? I think... Um we're really interested in in kind of writing in that space between tragedy and comedy and a lot of our shared influences when we when we started writing together um were experts at, at kind of navigating that that no man's land we find that to be very true to life that 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 space life is never one nor the other so if if you can kind of tread that path in between it i think it allows you to look at things like like grief um in a in quite a nuanced way that 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 ends up kind of resonating with people um uh, differently i think Uh, you know a lot of the feedback we were getting was that you know people were glad that there was a film that was that was tackling difficult subjects but was making them laugh and kind of making them cry you know it's like that in the same in the same breath because that's often what what life is like and um and and yeah we, we we were kind of that was what we wanted to try and do with the film so um i'm glad that came across uh it came across extremely well and i have to say gentlemen the casting was brilliant and how long did it take you to cast the characters I think we find casting the most enjoyable part of the process. It's really, it's really fun part for us. Um, and we, we had written the first kind of pass of the script uh, before we sort of thought of any actors. And then we actually came across James Martin, who plays the character of Larkin, who has Down syndrome. And, and James, James is actually a guy I was aware of before here in Belfast. James is a bit of a local hero, but I didn't realise that he was an actor as well. And he uh, had just done a BBC Northern Ireland TV movie called Ups and Downs. And Tom and I both saw him in that. And oh my goodness, it was like everything clicked. And we just were like, this is our guy. We've got to build the kind of film around him. So thank goodness, James read the script, liked the script and came on board. And then from there, I mean, you know, when you're doing a brother kind of pairing, you're only as good as the other ones. So we had Seamus O'Hara come in and Seamus put in an audition tape and it was one of those perfect moments where Tom and I just thought, we've got a film, we've got a film here. Seamus is a remarkable, remarkable actor and I I think he's going to do some massive things. Well, how did you uh, create such great chemistry between the brothers, played by Seamus O'Hara, who plays Turlow, and then James Marlin, who plays Lorcan? Um, I have to say, a lot, a lot of that was was down to those guys taking the initiative to uh, to build that rapport. I because I, I think with short films, it's difficult. You don't really have the resources or the infrastructure to have a lot of rehearsal or you know to to spend time together and build up those relationships, but it was going to be so key to the film that 
we tried to encourage them to spend as much time together before we got there on the first day of shooting as possible. And they would, they, I think they got into the habit of FaceTiming every night in the sort of weeks running up uh, to the film. They would, they would run lines and learn their lines, but they would then just chat and get to know each other properly. And I think all of that fed in through kind of osmosis in, into their performances. And, uh, and it made our job a lot easier for sure. Well, it's great to see that the actors really dived in and really gravitated to the story. And then for them to work together off to the side, that says a lot about uh, your screenplay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, we, we always say that it's about sort of getting the right people interested and then getting out of the way as a director, you know, sort of stepping away and letting them do do their work as well. And I think... We just wanted to create the right environment for these these great actors. You know, we should mention Paddy Jenkins as well, another Irish actor who's just hilarious and so uh, so underrated in so many ways. But yeah, we, we love Paddy and also the the iconic Michelle Fairley, who was in Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones fans will know Michelle as Catelyn Stark. Um, so you know, Michelle came in as well. We were just blessed to have this sort of little tiny four strong cast of absolute you know titans of but but also the acting aside just generous human beings who really came in and give a lot of love and a lot of time and energy and sort of passion for for the story we were trying to tell well i loved patty as the priest and i fell in love with his character just after his first couple of lines because he was so funny it's almost like a dry humor and I think we all know someone kind of like that. So he's very relatable. But I almost waited for him to be in a scene because his timing was impeccable. Yeah, he's a, he's a real pro. It's so, it's so difficult to manage a performance like that and, and nail, nail the comedy, but also leave space to uh, be present in, in, those, uh, in those more... Um, yeah, I suppose connective emo emotional scenes as well. It, you know, if you go up one way or the other, then it, it doesn't re it doesn't really land. And it was actually, um, you know, Paddy Paddy is known for a lot of his comedies. He's he's a very successful um, kind of comedic actor in Northern Ireland. But it was actually a play that Ross and I saw him in uh, called Sadie, which is uh, come totally at other end of the spectrum and a completely different character to what he usually plays. And it was like a really incredibly dramatic role. And I suppose it was seeing it was seeing him in that and the kind of the I suppose it's the sad clown thing. It's you know the great actor Robin Williams and Jim Carrey and all these people get kind of fantastic in in these more dramatic roles because I think anybody who understands comedy on a really intense level understands tragedy on a really intense level and he was able to bring both of those to it well for with all with with the main the, the priest and the brothers and you're you're filming this short film uh, was there any ad-libbing of lines within this film because the chemistry was so amazing. Yeah, that's a good question. I think there was a bit, I mean, the boys definitely loved throwing jokes about on set. They were, they, you know, the chemistry got so good that they were like sort of badly behaved school children at some point. We had to sort of actually do some scenes. Um, but ad, was there ad-libbing, Tom? Can you remember? I think James did a few. 
James had lived a little bit. He did. It, it was um, in and around the stuff when they're kind of getting into the rhythm of doing these things on their on their mum's bucket list. It was um, you know those scenes were a bit freer, and uh, you know we kind of able to see things play out a little a little bit a little bit more loosely. So um, they they had they did have great great fun at sort of uh, throwing in some some little bits to kind of to pepper it up as well. And and in, and as well in the kind of the final scene with the, with the boys together around the the fire pit. Um, uh, J- James particularly, I can ad libbed a couple of lines there that we we loved so much that we ended up kind of cutting into the full scene. Well, what the, and there's an element of the film, and this really comes down to you you two because it was so brilliant. It, it was almost like a sleight of hand because as I was watching it, and then James or, or Lorcan uh, says he has his mother's list. And I'm sitting there thinking, wait a minute, I never saw the priest give him the list. But the way that you had directed that part of the storyline, the viewer doesn't have a clue until towards the end of the film. And it was a brilliant move, an absolute brilliant move. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, we'll we'll say no more to keep it spoiler free for those who haven't seen. Yeah. Well, and I do have to commend you on something that I think film um, largely ignores. And and I'm going to step back a bit because my grandmother spent well over 40 years working with Down syndrome children. And you casted a character with Down syndrome. Was that a part of the original screenplay? Yeah, it was. Um, And I think we were... We were really interested in, and we always are, in kind of making protagonists out of characters that are often, you know, pushed to the fringes of, of, of you know, maybe more mainstream typical stories. And I think we find that a very kind of privileged and exciting position as as writers to kind of give voice to, to these people who, um, you know, haven't, haven't been seen in, in these exciting parts. And I think what was really key for us was that in... in writing that character of Lorcan is that he was just as multifaceted and complex and flawed and mischievous and kind of, you know, he swears more than anybody else. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of making him well-rounded. It's, I don't think it, it wasn't even enough for us to, to put that character in the spotlight. You then also have to write the part in as juicy way as you'd write any, any part. And so I, I, um, I'm, I'm really glad that we were able to, to do that because I think it allowed James to come in and give, you know, the, the performances that he's capable of, but, you know, often actors aren't, aren't given the material, uh, because some, sometimes those parts are, are written, um, fairly kind of two dimensionally. Yeah, and because I know that when I've seen films or maybe seen uh, television sitcoms that do cast a Down Syndrome character, we see the normal stereotype. They're kind, they're loving, uh, they're very sensitive and tender. But James brings the character on the opposite spectrum. He's angry, angry. uh, he has a very strong personality, and that actually surprised me. And was that his doing, or was that your doing? No, I think it was a bit of both. I think we were really interested, as Tom says, to show the sort of, I mean, the character is grieving, so we, we didn't want to feel like we'd sort of airbrushed it and made it feel too nice, you know. I think it felt true to show the kind of 
the difficult and the, the sort of tangly side of grief and and this relationship between two brothers who have become estranged from one another and sort of lost their connection with one another. So I think for us, it felt really, really honest. And then when James came on, he was really excited by that, I think as well, because it gave him a chance to sort of, you know, James is such a, a great um, instinctive actor, I would say. And he really... Um, he really just sunk his teeth into the the complexity of all of these different kind of scenes and, and the kind of the the broad kind of going from comedy in one moment straight into a, a moment of real drama. So yeah, I, th- I think he he did brilliantly with that. Well, what is it like working as a directing duo? Me and me and Ross have known each other a long time. We've we've sort of been working together in like various respects for about ten years. Um, we we met when we were eighteen. We ran a theatre company together for four years. Um, we were living together in London when we were both writing plays, and this was this was separately at the time. So, we've we've spent so much time kind of in each other's pockets that when we moved into filmmaking and co-directing, luckily we sort of already developed a, a bit of a shorthand, and and we were kind of on a level with each other where, you know, I don't think our our sort of egos or anything like that were were in the room. We very much view ourselves as a sort of shared brain so it's always a best idea wins but it's it's not like one person's idea it's like every idea is 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 from the is from this kind of shared brain which which means that the kind of the responsibility just falls falls on both of us equally so it's um and and you know what i i i think that on on set it's it speeds us up you know we one of us can go and speak to the camera crew or one of us is speaking to the actors it it becomes a very a much more collaborative experience as well you know you have to voice your ideas and your visions to the other person and you have to be able to communicate from the get-go so it's 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 um for us i think it it just works it works perfectly i can't really imagine it any other way because we haven't known anything different so then how do you solve any differences in directing let's say a particular scene it's a physical flight (laughs) fist fights behind the monitors yeah no to, to be honest i think we do so much prep we're, we're sort of prep heavy directors and i think that's because we work in a duo but also i think that's just the way we are as people so we like to chat things through a lot beforehand and i think i think that really informs if not the specific obstacles you'll come up to because obviously a film set is full of surprises and things go wrong but because we're both aware of the intention behind the scene and what we both believe to be the intention i think anything that comes up like so often we'll finish a take and we won't even need to speak you know we'll both know the note and we'll sort of go and deliver it to different people because we we've spoken so much about the intention beforehand so yeah i think that's the way we we get around it and and then the fist fight as well as tom says well your film an irish goodbye has been viewed at over 60 international film festivals over six continents what kind of feedback have you received from an Irish goodbye. Yeah, it's been um, it's been really overwhelming to just to see kind of how how much the story does 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 resonate with people. I think I think the main thing is that the that folks are finding it to be a very true representation of their own experiences of losing a parent or losing a loved one, and and also uh, you know kind of I think men processing grief and 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 struggling to kind of. Uh, process their emotions as well and 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 i think this this kind of sibling rivalry and the sort of and it's kind of an ode to brotherhood in a, in a way and and i think that, that that is a these are all universal themes so we, we we hope that it would travel um but um of course you you you, you, ne- you never know you never know if it's gonna if it's gonna just reach the the kind of the, 
the coast of Ireland and then stopped there. But it luckily it didn't. Well, you know, when I was watching the uh, the film and afterwards, I got to thinking, I said, you know, this would actually make a, an incredible television series because it's almost, you know, it's almost like a buddy film. You know, you have two brothers together, you have the priest, and I could actually see this as a television series. You think it could ever go that direction? Do you know, we, we've had folks say that to us about, about TV and also feature film. I think um, as tempting as that is, I think because the short has, we've sort of feel like we've achieved what we set out to achieve with the short. I think we'll park it for now, but never say never, because if we find something, I think if we find a new question or a new, a new exciting part of that story that we felt like we hadn't explored, then we could always come back to these characters. And as we always say, we definitely want to work with these actors again because they're just exceptional. So we'll find a way to, you know, crowbar them into something. Well, how long did it take you to film an Irish goodbye? And what part of Ireland did you film it in? It was, uh, it was a five-day shoot, uh, and that took place um, kind of at various places around the sort of rural outskirts of Belfast, so a place called Temple Patrick, a place called St. Field, and then the sort of mountain range stuff you see is, is um, this place called the Sperrin Mountains, and it's just amazing vistas, and, you know, it's such, it's such beautiful landscape that, you know, we're really lucky to be able to film there and, and, and capture it, and, um, you know, there's, there's obviously a thriving film and TV industry now in, in Northern Ireland, so, um, yeah, glad to, glad to have been able to do something there. Well, so you said that this film was filmed over just five days. Yeah. Yeah, we did give our first idea a mini heart attack, to be fair, when we tried to schedule the film because it was not a, not a moment was wasted, to be honest. So we, we had to move pretty quick. But yeah, we, f- five days. Well, for all the viewers out there watching, so it takes you five days to film it. How long did the editing process take? Longer than that. I think. <laughs> I think the edit was about um, two or three two or three weeks um, of of the kind of the actual hardcore editing, and then you know a, cu- a couple more days here and there for your your, your sound mix and the color grade. And yeah, we were um, re- again really lucky to have worked with pretty much all of the same post production team as on our first film as well. So we'd already started building up a relationship with these with these people. So um, we were able to move move quite quickly through that through that process. And yeah, it all it all came together. Um, in a really, in a really kind of pleasing, pleasing way, actually, when we got to that point. So why the, so why the title and Irish goodbye? Well, an Irish goodbye is saying, I think for me at least, it means um, sort of like sneak out of the party before your your time and sort of without saying goodbye, which yeah felt like a little an interesting sort of double entendre for I guess for the mum passing away at the start of the film before. Uh, before sort of the family was ready for her to go and that sort of untimely passing of somebody without without having a chance to really say goodbye so yeah it just felt like a nice little um, a nice little double meaning for us you know what I what I would like to see because I remember when I was a kid we'd go to the Saturday matinee to to watch a feature film on a Saturday afternoon and and they would they would play like 15 minutes worth of cartoons before you know the movie actually started I'm thinking now that the film industry needs to start taking these amazing short films and place them in front of the feature so more people can see the excellent work that you two are doing as well as uh, other directors. I I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, one of the 
one of the joys for us being able to attend fest film festivals and be out there on the circuit is getting to see all of this amazing work that's being done internationally and um you know it's it's sometimes it's difficult for short films because once they're out there and they've done the film festival circuit they don't really have much of an afterlife so i think something like that that you're suggesting would be an amazing an amazing way for emerging filmmakers to be able to introduce the stories to to more people because there's 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 some of my favorite things made have been short films and it, you know it, the, the thought that you know more people could get their eyes on them and introduce it to the wider public audience outside of your hardcore film festival fans would, would i think that i think i agree i think it needs to happen well kind of give us an inside look here but behind the vision okay because i've talked to so many filmmakers but what i want to hear from both of you is being a filmmaker and you're and you're producing short films is the idea to produce a short film more of sharpening up your skills or hoping you get that phone call one day to be directing a feature? Yeah, I guess I guess there's kind of two parts to that. I think a lot of people do see short film as a kind of a calling card for feature film. And I think I think I'd be lying if I said it wasn't in any way for us, but but I think also it's really important to sort of tell the story that's in front of you you know and we really wanted to take the form of short film seriously in in all of our short films and push it and see what we could do with it because i think if you're sort of always waiting for the next project and saying oh but when we get to the feature you'll you'll not really create something you're proud of so for us it was important to i mean in in many ways i think this short is a is a little mini feature crammed into 23 and a half minutes to be honest so we've kind of cheated a little bit but yeah i, th I think that's what excites us about short film anyway well what is the differences between the film industries because you had filmed in northern ireland so for both of you cuz both of you really get a good look at this so what's the difference in the film industries between northern ireland britain as well as america Gosh, um, I think at least, I mean, I'd say that probably the, Nor the Northern Irish scene is something that has kind of exponentially grown like um, very quickly over the, over the last few, few decades. And um, there's a real uh, sort of a, a real hunger and a lot of new talent that's coming, coming through. And it's, it's a very exciting place to work and to, and to make, to make films. So I think, um, you know, we, we were chuffed and we also were very lucky to bring a lot of crew over from from the Republic of Ireland as well so it became a kind of whole island of Ireland affair really with with us and uh, that was a, a, a lovely calibrate um collaboration as as well um and and then I think um in terms of in terms of elsewhere um we we've not had the fortune of, of filming yet in America but we'd 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 love to do that I I hear I hear it's um I mean you look you know you guys kind of pave pave the way in terms of um you know setting the cinematic landscape so it's 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 a rich rich part of of your culture and I think um it's something that we we definitely love to kind of come and get involved with and and, and learn from and, and I guess sponge off in, in a way so hopefully we'll be able to we'll be able to yeah have that experience fairly soon well, I, I will say this. From what I've seen in the last, let's say, 10 years between America, between Ireland, we'll put Ireland in there as, as well as Britain, the storytelling is better across the pond. I will say that. Not here. Where you guys are at, the storytelling is so much better. Here in America, it's funny because the 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 movie goer a lot of us are really tired 
of the superhero films, we want to see real stories. We want to see the, sto the, the storytelling that we used to see. You know, back the 50s, the 60s, the, the 70s, when those films were, when, the, when they won an Oscar, you knew why they won an Oscar. And, and I think you two have a very, very bright future ahead of you. Now that you have been nominated for an Oscar, I think uh, they've, they've now raised the bar for both Ross White and Tom Berkeley. So what's next for you two gentlemen? Well, we actually are in post-production at the moment on our third uh, short film, uh, which will hopefully be the last short before we do maybe move on to some feature stuff. But the third short film is uh, a little bit different. It's a period short film set in 1849 at the crossover of the, the Irish famine and the international gold rush. And it follows these two uh, sort of warring Irish sisters who have fled the famine in Ireland to seek their fortune but they sort of hit each other and are at each other's throats for the whole film. So we've, we've got a real thing with sibling rivalries here. I think a, a therapist might have a field day with us. Well, when that film is done and you release it to all of the film festivals, I would love to have a screener. I would love to watch it. And I would love to have both of you gentlemen back to discuss that film. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, an Irish goodbye again has been nominated for an Academy Award in the Best Live Action Short Film category for 2023. And you have just heard and seen Tom Berkeley and Ross White, the amazing directing duo of the most incredible short film, something that is full of, yes, it's based around grief, but it is full of laughter, it's full of love, and when you watch it, you want to watch it again. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned because I will be right back with more. Sorry about your mother. I told you, I'm staying here to look after the farm. I'm not getting stuck here for the rest of my life. Mother and you. How's Larkin dealing with it all? He'll be fine. Oh, I almost forgot. I think it's a list of things that she wanted to do. No, before the illness took her. I'm not going anywhere until Mum's done every single riff. Right. We do Mum's list, and then we go down to Margaret's. Then, deal. How many's on there? One hundred. A hundred? Look, no, come here! You might have warned me before you gave it to him. <laughs> 